Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three mistakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito Hey gang, so quick note before you listen to the intro to the show. We recorded this on Friday with Things Seem Good in Philly Sports, and then we heard the news about Joel Embiid's orbital bone, and the Phillies got no hits. So, Philly Sports strikes again. But the Flyers lost. Alright, enjoy the app. Ryan, what a wonderful, beautiful day it was yesterday for Philly sports. The Phillies completed a four-game sweep of the Colorado Rockies. The Sixers won their series with the Toronto Raptors. The Eagles had a great night at the draft. They got Jordan Davis, and they traded for A.J. Brown. But all of that, all of that, right? It's all great. But the most important thing, the Flyers only have one meaningless game left this season. There's only one. We only have to go through one more two-and-a-half-hour gauntlet of sad emotions for the rest. Honestly, until what? Like, October? Like September, I mean, I know they have like the preseason games and everything, but yeah, no, it's very freeing knowing that we don't have to watch this team again for many months. I posted the Nicolas Cage Con Air gif on the Fly Purpley account earlier, the one where he steps out of the plane and he feels the breeze through his long hair, and that's how I feel today. I'm, I'm Nicolas Cage and Con Air, which... <laughs> I did watch a little bit of the other day, and it is as re- it's actually more ridiculous than you remember it being. It's fantastic. I've never seen that movie. Oh my god, that's a summer movie series right there for us. You watching Con Air? <laughs> never seen Con Air. I need how many are there? There's only one. Oh, so they're okay. That, yeah, thought... th- there should yeah. never be another one. Never remake it. Don't <laughs> make a sequel. I know we're on the nostalgia bandwagon these days, where everything's got to have a sequel 20 years later. Don't do this for Con Air. Con no. Air is this perfect 90s, just over-the-top movie, okay? And it's one of the most... I, I had to rewatch it because I saw the new Nicolas Cage movie where he plays himself, or a fictionalized version of himself, and it pays homage to a lot of Nicolas Cage's acting history. So yeah. I, I needed to rewatch Con Air. I might have to rewatch Face Off soon. So many great over-the-top performances from Nicolas Cage over his so, insane career. You mentioned... You know, like, you know, movies being remade and, like, sequels 20 years later. Do you think we're running out of ideas for movies? Well, 
I feel yes like we're no. getting to that point where it's like, what more can we do? <laughs> you right. Know? Because well, it's like music also, right? Like music, yeah. I always worry, like, have we told all the stories we can through song that's possible? Like, how many love songs can you really write ultimately? Yeah. How many breakup songs can you write? So I do worry about this sometimes. But movies at least like as society evolves, like you can still find topics for that. While a lot of the tenets might stay the same, like, for instance, the themes of William Shakespeare, which uh, Steph will debate me on even if there was a William Shakespeare, but I don't get into those weeds because I don't give a shit. But yeah. <laughs> people, you know, like William Shakespeare stories, like those themes still hold true today, just in different clothing, essentially. So yeah, I, I worry and I don't. I think it's just we need like a little bit of a reboot. Maybe uh, Sony is going to destroy my beloved superhero genre with all their shitty Spider-Man spinoffs. It's very possible because they're all <laughs> terrible and they keep cranking them out and I keep getting mad about it and they don't care because I guess they're making money on Craven the fucking Hunter or some shit. But anyway, listen. There's always going to be movies. There's always going to be stories. Hopefully they evolve with the times and uh, can we can get back to some more great indie movies and support your local theater, support some indie movies and everything. Always. Always. Yeah. 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 One of the, like one of the things I think about a lot is like, like for music, for example, like how much more can music evolve? You know what I mean? Like, oh, I, what... I worry about that all the time. And I'm in full old man music mode where I listen to very little modern music and almost every band I listen to is at minimum 20 years old. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's some bands where I read like, so there's, I will say, all right. So there are a few bands that are like newer that are really good and they're unlike anything I've heard before. But I, I think like we have such a wealth of really good bands for from years and years and years in the past. And I feel like, like bands, like really legitimately good bands that are like, you know, very forward, very progressive. I feel like they, and even back then, I feel like they, they don't come around often. And that's why, like, when you think about like the seventies and rock and roll in the seventies, you think like Led Zeppelin, um, you think about the Jimmy Rolling Hendrix. Stones and like, yeah, like you think of bands, but you don't think of like, a ton of them that were truly great and like maybe that's what it is maybe it's just like we overcompensate how much new good music is coming out when really it's it's a scarce amount and it just kind of culminates over time and you look back at a decade and think oh wow yeah look at all the good bands from that where when you're in the moment it doesn't feel like it Right, yeah. I, I, it's, it's. What, what's the Andy quote from The Office where he's like, "Is there any way to know you're in the good old times in at the time yeah. or something like that?" And yeah. it, it is difficult to tell. And I mean, like I was saying before, like I, I listen to. I, well, I'm also older, you know. I'm I'm nearing forty, so that's fun. My body's just uh, disintegrating on me. It's fantastic, <laughs> but like. I really have found, like, I now understand what my parents felt like when they started calling classic rock, classic rock. And, yeah. like, my bands from my youth are being played on the classic rock station, and you can classify that stuff as that now. Like, when, like, Led Zeppelin, which we mentioned before, one of the most, like, great, you know, one of the greatest bands of all time, starts being yeah. called classic rock and old people music. Like, just, it must have stressed my dad out so much to hear that. Yeah, and, like... I think it was like a, I don't know, like a few months ago, I was listening to the radio. They had like Foo Fighters on classic rock. Yeah. And, and I'm it, like, get the fuck out of here. I'm not, I'm not but that it's old. It's true. It gets one of those things I have to think about for a few minutes. And I'm like, no, that's, 
that's those like everlong is nearly is it 30 years old at this point nearly 30 yeah. years old or is I it saw, 30 years old i think everlong everlong it's like it's getting to 30 yeah it's yeah. almost there because that came out in the late 90s which has been a while for a lot been of the listeners along with that song and that yeah. lovely shitty era of new metal i was <laughs> actually I, when i was when i was talking about like walking around last week i um I walked over to when I walked over to Passyunk, there was a new record store that was opening up and they were catering more to nineties and eighties stuff. Yeah. When you walk into a record store, it tends to be more 70s, 60s centric. And for good reason, because that's when a lot of the great records were made. But for me, like the music of my youth is the nineties. And I know we've got some younger listeners. We've got young Eamon who was on the show for a you know, a hot minute right here. We love Eamon yeah. and uh, we welcome him back someday. Shout out Eamon. Shout out to Eamon, uh, Ramon, as he's often known in the the Slack channel right there, <laughs> and Megan, you know, both very young. So, like, this stuff, like, I mostly listen to music that is older than them. Yeah. But I think something that I'm learning, too, is, like, I feel like a lot of um, younger people, like, and it's weird saying that because still, I still feel like I'm pretty young, but, like, people younger than me, like Eamon and Megan, I feel like... And I could be totally wrong here, but I feel like they listen to 90s stuff, too. Oh, yeah. And well, that's how I was, was when I was in high school, like I was listening to the current stuff, but I was also listening to the older stuff. Like I yeah. was really super into Zeppelin and The Who and Hendrix and everything. Like I, I really had an appreciation for 60s, 70s rock and, uh, eight, you know, 80s has never been my biggest wheelhouse. Like I have more appreciation for it now than I used to. Yeah, I'm not a big 80s guy either. Sometimes, you know, it's a lot of fun I, when you get into it, but it's not like my preferred sit down and listen to music now. But, you know, it was cool for this record store. But my dad is somebody who I think has always tried to open himself up to more genres and everything. And like he never really got into rap. Like he's, you know, he he's uh, definitely an old white man when it comes to rap, but <laughs> yeah. he, he, for the most part has tried to open himself up. And I think when I was in high school, he would listen to a lot of the bands I was listening to at the time. And that's where he kind of stops right there, but he's always right. at least tried. And, but I sent him this record store. I was like, Oh, this is pretty cool. And he's just like pretty limited selection or something like that. I'm like, come I, on, yeah. come on. My parents, well, no, my mom's actually pretty good. I feel like my mom listens, believe it or not. So like me and my brother always listen to a ton of punk rock. And my mom, like after hearing what we listen to, like she listens to Rise Against on her own, like by choice, which is pretty fucking rad. Nice. Um, my, my dad, dad <laughs> my dad is stuck in the 70s, like in every way. Like he's, he, <laughs> he'll just like, he listens to Leonard Skinner, and that's it. Leonard Skinner, like Molly Hatchet. Oh, Molly Hatchet. There you Molly go. Molly fucking Hatchet. And he's like, he, so he's from upstate New York, but he listens to Southern rock exclusively and country. And I'm just like, what are you? What is, <laughs> what's happening in this situation that is you as a being? Like, but what's, you know what? What's going on? That checks out for me because I have a friend from upstate New York from near the Canadian border and He's always been kind of like a, almost like a Northern hick in a way for lack of a better term. And like, he is like, he's just kind of got that like country energy. I think he listens to country. So I'm not sure if he listens to country, but he's kind of got that like country energy, even though he's up near the Canadian border. So it actually kind of checks out to me. Yeah. Well, that's, what's kind of weird. Like I would understand if my dad were from like, you know, 
kind of like the Adirondack area where it's like not too populated and it like is literally country up there. And I feel I do want to say I feel like this is something people don't understand about New York State. New York State, like ninety five percent of it is like fucking farmland. Oh yeah, it's actually wonderful. We, Emma and yeah. I go up and we'll vacation around the Finger Lakes and the and Ithaca and everything, and it's actually just like lovely farmland. We stopped in it's at like gorgeous. a random goat farm the one time and like uh, got yeah. some like fresh cheese and stuff. It was fantastic. Yeah, but like my dad is from Syracuse, which is like definitely not country. So right. it's just like, well, that's where I, my I buddy know. went. My buddy went to Syracuse, the one from like upstate New York. He's, I think I've mentioned him before where he's got one of the weirdest fan allegiances I've ever heard of where yeah. he is a diehard Yankees and Giants fan. So baseball, the Yankees, football, the New York Giants. Uh, I don't think he's particularly got a basketball team that I've heard of, but for hockey, he's a Flyers fan. That poor son of a bitch is a Flyers fan. <laughs> and it's just that like, really sucks. because he, he was a, a Jeremy Roenick fan. And then when yeah. Ronick came to the Flyers, he was, I think he was also like living around here uh, at that time. So then he started rooting for the Flyers. And this poor, sad son of a bitch has to, he's got, he's got one franchise that's the all-time winningest, I think, franchise in sports history. And one that has won a uh, number of Super Bowls, uh, two over Tom Brady, which I begrudgingly will admit they have done. And like... Then the Flyers, who haven't done anything since the 70s. And, you know, you're, you're talking about nostalgia. You're talking about needing to go back to the past. And that's what we keep saying about the Flyers. That they need to move forward and not be stuck in the past. Because I feel like we keep coming back with the Flyers to this idea that, like, well, things were better in the Ed Snyder era. Things were better in the good old days. But, like, the most important thing Ed Snyder did, even though it didn't work out, was realize that the old ways weren't working. You don't need to be big anymore. That's why he entrusted Ron Hextall when, you know, it was later in Ed Snyder's life. Like he specifically wanted Hextall to take that on and move the franchise in a new direction. It didn't work out. Uh, Hextall, you know, tried an experiment that didn't work. And, you know, we are where we are, but he at least recognized we needed to go into a new era. And, the reason, like, this is all so messy right now is because the Flyers have never truly embraced modern hockey and the salary cap era. Like, Holmgren tried to cheat it the best he could. And it's, it's funny because Holmgren at the start of his was actually doing it right with the young talent and balancing that and was fantastic. And then he just went, he lost his damn mind at some point. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now we're just looking like we were looking at cap friendly earlier on the slack and just, I don't know what this team's going to do. Yeah, I-, I was looking at it yesterday. And I was just like, I see, you know, we have Couturier's contract kicking in. We have Farabee's contract kicking in. And then we, oh my God. Like they have to trade people that fans don't want to be traded. Like, I don't know. I don't, obviously They're going to have to trade one of Provorov or Sanheim. I think they're really going to have to trade a defenseman and it should be They can't trade Sanheim. They cannot. Like, all right. So here's what I feel like has to happen. Like, if they want to aggressively retool, like they keep saying they're going to, they need to trade, like, Provorov. And again, this is me speculating. I have no idea what's going to happen. They, they need, need to trade, trade like, or buy out JVR. And then, like, you have to figure out what the hell to do with JVR. And, and I'm then... going to be furious if they give up another uh, second-round pick to trade away a player oh like my they God. did with Goss Despair. No yeah, more of no. those deals, Chucky, two trades. Those are not the kind of trades we want when you're doing your two trades. Get something back. And if you can't get something back, just fucking buy him out. That's the only thing that makes sense. And, like, all right, so Provorov, JVR, 
And I feel like also, and I hate saying this because I like both of these players a lot, but I feel like you have to wonder about Atkinson and TK too. For sure. Uh, TK, I feel like I can live with what he brings. And I think Atkinson is probably the best, you know, offensive player on the team currently. But yeah. it's a hefty deal. And if you can get an offseason deal, like at the draft or something for Atkinson, I think you got to move him. And it sucks because I love Cam Atkinson. Yeah, I like but him a lot too. If you're going to move this franchise forward, if you're going to move into a new era of, you know, the kids and everything, that's the kind of guy you got to move out of here. Yeah. I I like Travis Konechny a lot, but like, I just, I don't know. It's it's a very, I have a very odd viewpoint of Travis Konechny. Currently. Well, he's an odd player where he's yeah. one of the top, let, let me see. I haven't looked at the points total since we, we last spoke, but I remember last time we spoke, he was nearing the top of the Flyers point total. Um, I was, it's funny you're he's, saying that. He's number one now. He's 52 points. Cam Atkins yeah. is number two of 50. JVR, Jimbo Ram, Van Rimbo, as we call him on the uh, Slack, has 37. <laughs> so Konechny is the leading point scorer on this team, which is hilarious. It's very funny. Like 52, this is like the quietest. And I know 52 points isn't like amazing, but even 52 points, I feel like happened very quietly for him. Like I don't remember any of his points. <laughs> you know, 36 like, apples. And I'd love to see how many of them are secondary assists. Right <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's just, yeah. And this isn't the trash TK. It's just like, I haven't really noticed him. And when TK's at his best, he's being a dick. He's somebody that you're noticing because players want to throw him through a glass window. Yeah. Like a few years ago, he was a, a, a rock window. Why. Like what? <laughs> yeah. A few years ago, he was noticeable like quite often. And this year he just hasn't, been really at all and i'm just like i look at those numbers i'm just like damn 52 points that's like crazy i wasn't expecting that at all no i wasn't expecting it either but he's just like well and the problem is like i think most flyers fans know exactly like not exactly who 2k tk is but they know he's one of the guys who's like a B plus player, right? Like yeah. he's a guy that'll do well on your team. He would actually be such a fantastic addition to like Vegas or Toronto or just like right. a team that yeah. he like what Claude's doing right now with Florida, where he oh. doesn't have to be the guy on the Florida Panthers and he's thriving in that role. And I think TK is yeah. very similar where he would thrive in a role where he doesn't have to be the guy. He's such a great supplemental piece. Yeah, he's definitely like a kind of like a He's not a um, superstar player, you know? And, like, Claude Giroux was a superstar player. Now he's not. But, like, now because he's not, he can kind of, like, go to the Panthers and just crush it on a line with, uh, oh, my God. All right, so it's – all right, this is actually hilarious. So you remember – so I'm looking at Claude Giroux's NHL.com page. Remember there was that video where they took every headshot of Claude Giroux I think the Flyers tweeted it like over the years from his rookie year all the way to his like current year. And like, as it went on, he progressively got angrier and sadder. Oh yeah. It's one of the best like time lapses I've ever seen. So I'm looking at his NHL.com stats page now and he's in his Florida Panthers Jersey beaming. <laughs> so yeah. He looks so thrilled to be on the Panthers. Of course he is, because that's, number one, they just secured the President's Trophy, so best team in the NHL. Number two, he's just playing with A-plus offensive talent, like the best of the best. Like, Barkoff and Huberdeau are just crushing it. 
And they even have other guys like uh, Duclair on that team that are just like great pieces that they've added and make the roster just like so solid for the top four lines. Like if that team's got a downfall, it's clearly defense and goaltending. But for the the most part, like Claude Giroux is just in such a monumentally better situation and he doesn't have the pressures of the captaincy on him anymore. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's been playing great too. And like, I think over the last 12 games, he has 18 points or something crazy like that. Like he's like that over an 82 game season. Like if he was on the Panthers the entire year, he would like, he would definitely break a hundred points. Oh, for sure. For sure. And this leads me to my big question of the day. And this is a, a topic that I literally added this morning, but we pretty much had the playoff team set. The matchups, I think, are still the only thing that has to be determined over these past couple games. But the teams, I think, are all set. Is that right? I believe so, yes. So, you know, as we are out of it completely as Flyers fans, we have nothing to root for. I wanted to talk about who the playoff bandwagon teams are because we got to have rooting interests. We all love hockey. It's our favorite sport, unfortunately, for our mental state. This team. <laughs> yeah. But we still want to watch hockey and we still want to enjoy it. So who do we root for? Because I think like there's one obvious one and it's the Florida Panthers because we want Claude Giroux to do well. We're not bitter assholes. Like there are bitter assholes out there who like the people who got real salty when people wanted the Kings to win back in 2012 because they had Richards Carter and Gagne and like, yeah, I want to see Simone Gagne hold the Stanley cup because he was a tortured flyer for so long. Like I'm not a bad person because that shut up, leave me alone. So I think the Florida Panthers, you know, have to be your top playoff bandwagon to hitch your hitch a ride onto. But then it gets a little like murky after that. I, I've assembled a loose list here, but I kind of want to nail it down and get your thoughts, Ryan, on who we should be rooting for in uh, descending order. We can even actually go up from the bottom because I think we can agree on most of the bottom teams. But that's where it starts to get hairy after that. Yeah, yeah. Let's do. Yeah. So let's start at like sixteen. So number sixteen is obvious. The Pittsburgh Penguins. No yeah. goddamn Flyers fan wants to see the Pittsburgh Penguins win, okay? Ron Hextall's their GM, which is terrible. Jeff Carter's there. I saw Jeff Carter win with the Kings. Good for him way back in the day. He doesn't need any more Stanley Cups. No, he yeah. doesn't. He, he got his. Stanley, er, not Stanley. Stanley Crosby? Oh, yeah, that's his uh, Sidney Crosby's <laughs> shitty brother. That's the Cooper Madding of the Crosby family. Yeah, Come everyone on. forgets about Stanley. Sidney Crosby. Come on. Nobody wants to see Sidney Crosby win another goddamn Stanley Cup except for ESPN or whoever, TNT, whoever's got the rights this year. Nobody Honestly, in Philadelphia I, wants this. I don't even hate Sidney Crosby. Like, I used to hate Crosby so much. I don't even hate him anymore. I act- Honestly, I kind of respect him because he is fucking amazing. So, like, I don't hate Crosby anymore. I hate fucking Malkin. Ugh. I hate fucking Latang. I hate like who else? Fucking Gensel annoys the shit out of me. And so that, like, annoying. I don't know. Like, Evan I don't know why. Rodriguez. Kinda... What was that? Evan Rodriguez. Yeah. Who the hell is he? Like, is I don't know. He? Fucking Jake Gensel looks like there's something about his face too. Like he looks like Ellen DeGeneres playing hockey. It's a weird. <laughs> It's a weird thing. I don't know how to explain it. But Maybe like, that's why Carter that. Hart lets up so many goals to him because he loves Ellen. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So I don't know. Like, I just, God, Gensel annoys me. And like, there's so many players on that team that just piss me off. And yeah, I mean, I'm always going to hate everyone on the Penguins because they're the Penguins. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it's pretty obvious that they're the last team I would ever want to see win the cup. No one here wants Slawtown USA to get another Stanley Cup and fill it with disgusting coleslaw. Nobody wants that. 
Okay. Oh, we got mustard in the cup because Heinz is here. Shut up. Nobody cares. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, no. We don't need that. No, we don't need that. So the next up on the list. Okay, so this could go two ways. or Three ways, really. There are three teams here that are all kind of tied for me. But I went for the New York Rangers as the team I do not want to win. And... You know, part of this is an older rivalry. I think the Rangers rivalry is more of an 80s, 90s thing. Uh, there, there are moments, like, for instance, Brian Boucher coming out over the Rangers to clinch that Flyers playoff spot in 2010. Yeah. And Henrik Lundqvist dominating us for, like, a decade. But I don't know. There, For the most part, there wasn't too much animosity. I mean, there is that great picture of uh, Braden Coburn punching that guy in the face. Which guy was that? Yeah. Was it Brian um, Boyle? I think it was Boyle. What a great picture. And, but like, you know, the rivalry hasn't had as much spice since like the late nineties when it was like Messier and Gretzky and Leach right. and Richter against Lindros, Leclerc, Brindamore, you know, that was a great rivalry. But anyway, regardless, the current Rangers maybe don't have the biggest rivalry with them, but fuck them. They're still the Rangers. Like, I don't want, like, no, they shouldn't. No, I don't want them winning the cup. Like I'm just New York. Ha- they, they have the fucking Yankees. They have the Giants. They win all these titles. Like, fuck off. They don't need more. Like, and plus the Rangers, like, I hate their fucking goal songs so much. I, like, I don't want to have to watch the playoffs and have to hear that bullshit over and over and over again. I really would hope that they get eliminated swiftly in the first round. They got Panarin gifted to them. They got Adam yeah. Fox gifted to them. Yes. This franchise is so incredibly lucky to be in the situation they're in, and I hate it so much. And they play at a goddamn train station, okay? I don't yeah, care they don't if the train station moves. They don't have an arena. They play at a train station. They're basically homeless. Philadelphia's top <laughs> rival is always going to be New York, okay? It doesn't matter what happens. Pittsburgh, great, whatever. It's always New York. That's always our animosity. Yeah, I was actually gr- so happy Ben Simmons got traded to the Nets because, you know what, it's another reason they hate New York. And I <laughs> was delighted when they got swept out of the playoffs, delighted when that just, oh, that face is just so punchable. Oh, but it's New York. We don't want New York to be happy. OK, keep your pizza and bagels. We got perfectly fine. And that's, you know, maybe it's not quite to the New York standard, but you know what? It's pretty goddamn good. So keep it. I don't want any party in New York. I don't want you to be happy. Yeah. So, all right. So I'm looking at this list and 14, I would actually move up a little bit. I'm okay with that. Yeah. So, okay. So 14, we're going to, we're going to bump the Washington Capitals up to 13 and move the Boston Bruins down to 14 because like New York, we do not want the people of Boston to be happy about sports anymore. Yeah, no, but I'm just tired of Boston. I'm so tired of Boston. Like, uh, uh, talk about one of the scrappiest cities, almost like Philadelphia's sister city in a lot of ways with being cursed and everything, until a certain point. And then they just became the most goddamn lucky, arrogant, four franchises. Four franchises. All good at the exact same time, and they're all winning championships regularly. Oh my god, just... uh, And they just... Got so cocky about it, which I understand. We got insanely cocky after one Phillies championship and yeah. one Eagles championship. <laughs> yeah. God knows what would happen if the Flyers did win a cup. We might actually, like, it might, like, go on a mass murder spree of every other <laughs> fan base in the league. It would be yeah. just a- atrocious. But Boston. Boston just went so over the top of the shit. That, and, like, 
yeah, they're they're over the top people. They're in your face. I get it. I feel a kinship with them, but I also hate their guts. And also, the Boston Bruins are the Flyers' oldest rivals. We've said this time and time again that the Flyers' first rivals. We don't want anything good for them. No, not at all. I will say this though: like, I don't hate the Bruins. Like, I don't hate really. Like, Marshan pisses me off a lot. But I'd be lying if I said I didn't want him on the Flyers. I would fucking oh, yeah. love him if he was a Flyer. And I love Pasternak and Bergeron. I think they're yeah. Two I love those incredible two. hockey players. Yeah, and McAvoy, and like they have so many players that I like generally really enjoy. Um, so it's not so much the players that I hate on Boston. It's it's just Boston. Like <laughs> I just don't want Boston winning again. I'm tired of seeing them go away. I want them to go away and let's like just you know, just revert back like, like the, uh, the Homer Simpson meme where he like shrinks into the bushes. Like just, I need that to happen to them where they just kind of shift slowly back into, um, irrelevance. That's what I would love. Are you a cop? Are you a cop? Is that you are? Oh my God. All right. So Boston, we don't want any happiness for, and I was perfectly fine bumping the Washington capitals up a notch here because here's the thing. The Capitals are like loose rivals with the Flyers. We all hate Tom Wilson. The entire league hates Tom Wilson. Yeah, no one. Ovi, you kind of go back and forth on. Whereas, like, he is one of the most gifted. He's probably the most gifted goal scorer of all time. What an amazing hockey player. He's also kind of an asshole. Uh, Sometimes the arrogance and the uh, joy is endearing, and sometimes it's just like, please, just. Well, and sometimes he's filthy. He's a filthy player sometimes. Like, he's low-key filthy. So, I honestly love Ovechkin. He's, I, I, he would be the greatest flyer of all time if he was He'd on be so team. good. Yeah. Like, the only problem with that is that he's Russian. In that, like, Ed Snyder would be rolling his, in his grave. If well, he, would, he never would have drafted him. Yeah. Like, Provorov is still the, the minor miracle for that one. But Ovechkin aside, right? Like, we don't like Tom Wilson. I don't really give a shit about most of the rest of the team. Again, they're loose rivals of the Flyers. It's a fan base that I never personally have to deal with. I never see Capitals fans. I see Penguins fans. I see Rangers fans. They're annoying as shit. I see Bruins fans, right? I see Boston fans in general. They're annoying as shit. But, like, who's a Washington Capitals fan? So I see Caps fans all the time living in Richmond. And for the most part, they're, like, pretty chill i i think they are i I feel like there are definitely some that are really annoying and obnoxious and they don't know what the hell they're talking about but i feel like you have that with literally every fan base and i feel like most capitals fans are not that bad like you can go to a caps game wearing flyer stuff and no one will say a word to you well it's fine then that's just dandy so you know that's why they're not bottom on this list, right? But they've won a cup in the past few years. They're division rivals. Like, eh, we don't yeah, really yeah. want to see them win a cup, but it's not the worst thing in the world if they do. Yeah, no, I agree. And uh, all right, so I'm actually going to say something shocking here. So, uh, say it. Put it out there. No, never mind. I just, I just remembered. All right. So, I, what I was going to say is that maybe I would put Toronto below Washington, even. So Toronto's an interesting one. I str- I struggle with Toronto here. Yeah. So the reason I say that is because it's not that I hate Toronto. It's just that the whole thing of them choking in the first round of the playoffs every time is so funny to me. Like I want that to keep happening just because it's it's so it's hilarious. I think it's so funny and I love watching Leafs Twitter just crumble. 
that's why. Like, I have no hate towards the Maple Leafs. But then I remember that Wayne Simmons is indeed on the Maple Leafs. So Literally I would love to Literally the only him. redeeming factor of that yeah. team. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I respect the shit out of Austin Matthews and Tavares and uh, Mitch Marner and Nylander. Like, unbelievable players, right? But it's very funny to see them have this, like, super team every year that can't get out of the first round of the playoffs, even when they're in the weakest Canadian bracket I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, they literally... Who did they lose to last year? Fucking Montreal? Yeah. (laughs) Montreal sneaking into the Stanley Cup final because of that weak Canadian division. And, you know, I know you can use the, the... defense that the Leafs lost a couple players, right? But they're still stacked. Like they yeah. still have Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner and William Nylander. Like these are all unbelievable hockey players. So even without Tavares, and I think they lost one of their defensemen, Riley, I think it was. Yeah. That's still a stacked team. And it's hilarious to see them lose. The only reason I even have them this high is just because of Wayne Simmons. But seeing their fans com- melt yeah. down is funny. Because their misery is the only thing that makes my misery as a Flyers fan feel better. Because they're the only franchise, I think, that's gone longer without a Stanley Cup besides ones that, you know, never won one. Right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't know. Like, I, like part of me wants to like Toronto, but, like... I just don't, I can't, like, I just, I love seeing Twitter freak out when they don't do well and when they get like eliminated early by a team, they're clearly better than they just choke again. And, and I, I gotta say, I love Steve Dangle so much, but like his reaction videos when they lose are so, <laughs> they're so good. They're so, although last year's was like almost depressing to watch. He was like, I might stop making reaction videos. I'm like, no, please don't do that. It Keep wears going. you down after a while. It does, yeah. It truly does. So then I guess we'll put the Leafs in the 12 slot and bump the Tampa Bay Lightning up to the 11 spot, which, you know, I'm kind of indifferent on the Lightning winning at this point. They've won back-to-back yeah. cups. They're a fantastic hockey team. We want to talk about a team of superstars, a stack team. It's them. And they yeah. are the model that everybody should really aim for when they're making a hockey team you know have like 25 star players and uh somehow i don't know circumvent the salary cap whatever works that's <laughs> working for them i'm kind of indifferent like if they win great if they don't win whatever they just don't have anyone on the team that i dislike like i like pretty much everyone on the team that i can that for whatever like right now i'm thinking of i'm not thinking of everyone i can't i'm sure there's someone on the team who i probably wouldn't like but generally i like everyone on the lightning and. I mean, I've never met Lightning fans before, but I have a hard time believing they'd be obnoxious. <laughs> like, I feel like they'd be pretty chill. And I don't know. I feel like the Lightning have been so good for so long. They've won two in a row. If they win a third in a row, I wouldn't even be mad because, like, frankly, they deserve it. They're a stacked team. Like, they've built yeah. a great hockey team, and it's like the Bulls in the 90s, right? Like, how can you even be mad? It's Michael Jordan yeah. and Scottie Pippen and Dennis Rodman. <laughs> it, it's not annoying, like, if Boston won three Stanley Cups in a row. That would be insufferable. Or Pittsburgh. Like, when Pittsburgh won those two back-to-back Cups, I wanted to hurl myself into a volcano. It was terrible. But, oh, yeah. like, if Tampa won three, or even, like, four in a row, to, what is a Tampa fan going to do? Talk shit? Like, 
I yeah, like Tampa could win every shit. Stanley Cup for the rest of time, and I'd, I'd be like, all right, whatever. Yeah, like I just feel like Tampa fans are like pretty cool. Like, and granted, I don't live near Tampa, so like they might actually be horrible, but I feel like they're a pretty easy fan base to deal with. Well, who really has to hear shit from them? Florida Panthers fans? Like all 20 of them. We don't have to hear anything about them at all. And like, yeah. Former Atlanta Thrashers fans? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Maybe Hurricanes fans, maybe Hurricanes and Lightning fans go at it, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah, maybe. And speaking of the Carolina Hurricanes, they are next up on my list. And they might seem low to some people, but for me... You know, you could say they're technically a division rival. Uh, my, I don't really consider them a division rival. They're in the division, but I don't yeah, really I don't think really about either. them that much. And this was, so there's one player that has them this low for me, and that's Tony D'Angelo. And I yeah. am so pissed off that they succeeded with signing this scumbag to the deal he got. Like, th- the fact that they won out on that, getting rid of Dougie Hamilton and replacing him with D'Angelo and doing well with him just pisses me off i love rod brindamore rod the bod's awesome i think the advanced analytical take to building that team without you know with fantastic hockey players but not really a true superstar is something to aspire to i think it's a money ball that's actually worked and they finally got the goaltender anderson's been amazing for them yeah i like this team And I'll be happy for them if they do win, but, you know, I'm not really particularly rooting for them because of that one guy. Yeah, like, I hate D'Angelo. Yeah, uh, I feel like I'm not going to let one dude ruin a team that I otherwise find really fun to watch. Like, I I just, I don't know, I really don't like D'Angelo at all, but if I have to just pretend he doesn't exist in order for the, you know, to enjoy the Hurricanes winning a cup, like, I'll do that. I think I I like the team enough to where it's like, okay, I'll just, like, pretend he's not on the team, and (laughs) we'll go from there. Well, there you go. That's that's one way to think about it. That's a good way to think about it. I I would just rather see almost, actually, literally every team in the Western Conference win it over them. Really? Yes. Interesting. Literally every team. That's how I feel. Uh, because let's start with St. Louis here. I have St. Louis ranked the lowest of all the Western conference teams. And, uh, part of that is like, I don't know. They won in the past couple of years. So I don't really want to see that anymore with the song they heard in a Philadelphia social club or something. And, you know, Ruby Shen, like they're not ex flyers. I particularly have strong feelings about one way or the other, but like, I don't need to see them win another Stanley cup, you know, like they got the yeah. cup good for them. Move on with your day. But otherwise a pretty inoffensive team to me. Yeah. I just generally don't care at all about the blues. Like, and I know people would probably say like, you know, Oh, they have Shen, they have Baruby. Like it would be cool to see them win again. I don't know. I don't, I just don't think about the blues really. I do like Tarasenko a lot, but again, he like, he won a cup. I think I have more of an emotional connection to Tarasenko than to Shen. <laughs> I do too. Yeah. Like, I never had reason. a connection to Shen when he was here. I know a lot of people like uh, my former host, Hal liked Shen a lot and Steph liked Shen a lot, but I never particularly like liked him that much as a hockey player. I thought he was fine. I thought he was a terrible fighter. Somebody reposted oh, yeah. one of his, uh, a fight he had with Kovalchuk on the Devils. Oh from- my God. That was awful. Yeah. That's- the worst fight I've ever seen. Yeah, that, that was exactly the one from like a decade ago. And it was just terrible. And rewatching it, I'm just like, this is 
just a brutal, brutal fight right here. And yeah, he got he a, had some he terrible got fights. Lost. Yeah, yeah. But the thing with Shen is, like, even though he sucked at fighting, he he was always willing to drop the gloves, which is good. Like, I I admire that. But god damn, he was terrible. Although I do think he got better. He did get a little bit better after a while. Like, I remember there was um, I think it was the game where uh, Ray Emery beat the shit out of Braden Holtby. And um, I remember Braden Shen went down. He was just throwing knuckles with some dude. I don't know who the other guy was. It was like some scrub on the caps. Yeah. But it was like, that was cool. He was he was a tough dude. So like if he, and he had a decent chin too. So if he, if he took a big, took a big, um, you know, big one right to the kisser, like he could deal with it. But <laughs> he was not, he was certainly not a great Wait, well, I shouldn't even say this. Like Wayne Simmons would beat the shit out of him. Uh, Wayne but Simmons Wayne Simmons would beat the shit, beat the shit out, out of anybody. You could say that. Wayne, you do not want to fight Wayne Simmons. Wayne no, Simmons no would hundred percent beat the shit out of Braden Shen. I would like to see Wayne Simmons fight Evander Kane. Hmm. I don't know if that's ever happened. I would have to look at the hockey fights archives on that, but I'm not sure if that's happened. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, seeing Wayne Simmons, who did he take on? Was it Patrick Maroon he took on recently? Yeah. Whew, big boy. That was, that was so Patrick Maroon annoys me as a fighter. I like him as a as like a player, but like he's not a good fighter and people act like he is. He's just big and he uses his gigantic arms to just keep to like tie up their throwing hand. And it's like I feel like Patrick Maroon fights are always really boring. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Like Wayne Simmons really like took it to him, but because yeah. he's so big, you can only do so much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Okay, this is where the list gets a little hairy for me. I'm not really sure about the best way to go about it. I put the Dallas Stars next up because, I don't know, they haven't won one since, what, 99, 2000? I just, like, dislike the Stars. I, I think I hate the Stars. I, well, I shouldn't say I hate the Stars. Like, I don't, I don't hate I hate them. Dallas. Dallas I hate sucks. Dallas. That's my thing. I don't want Dallas to win at all. Like, yeah. Texas in general can just fuck off. We can bump them below St. Louis. That's fine by me. They could be yeah. nine in St. Louis. Uh, honestly, I would put Dallas even lower. I'd put them like at twelve. Uh, I don't get. I don't want Tony D'Angelo to be happy. So Dallas is going to be above, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. So then I have the Kings. Who I have the Kings. Like they've won in the past decade, right? The Kings are an interesting one because they've kind of rebuilt the team successfully. I'm actually shocked that they're in a playoff spot currently, and I'll have to double-check that they are. Yeah. <laughs> I I wasn't expecting them to be in a playoff spot. Yeah, they're in a playoff spot. So the yeah. Kings are a team I really was not expecting to see here. Uh, and I like that they've really succeeded by rebuilding the team while holding on to, like, Kopitar. They kind of did what the Flyers have been trying to do for the past few years. They're not all the way there, but... A 99-point season is pretty damn nice. Yeah, no. Like, I, I'm i still... I, I think this is a good spot for the Kings. Like, I have no reason for them to root against them. But, like, at the same time, I just, like... I, I, I have forgotten that they are even good this year. I had no idea they were good until, like, two weeks ago. <laughs> like, it's weird. Like, I wasn't expecting them to be good, just like you. And, like, now all of a sudden they're going to the playoffs. And they're, like, an almost 100-point team. So it's, like, yeah, it's it kind of came out of nowhere. But, like, hey, you know what? They're here. Cool. Go after it. And if you win it, like, I won't be mad. Yeah, but I don't think they're going to win it. 
Yeah, no, they're definitely not going to win. <laughs> Speaking of definitely Absolutely not going to win it, next up on the list, I have the Edmonton Oilers, who they're not going to win it. I can tell you straight up because this team's just not good enough. But the reason I have the Oilers this high is because I actually really want Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl to do well in the playoffs because <laughs> they're the two... They're two of the five best players in the league right there. But yeah. David is, bar none, the best player in the league. And I, he is the face of the league. He's the most talented guy in the NHL. And I want Connor McDavid to do well and succeed. Like, I, I don't want him to be... I kind of want him to be Gretzky Donovan. I wish he had more of a personality. Because he is he's the future of this shit. league. But he's so yeah. goddamn boring. I can't... St- listening to him talk, I just want to rip my ears off. It's so It's so annoying. But, He's the epitome of like you gotta play hundred percent and try hard and yeah. hockey is easy. He, like I've never seen him. I don't think I've seen him laugh or anything. Like he's just he he has no personality at all. His house sucks. His like, house does suck. <laughs> he has a shitty house. Like I just I'd rather have Phil Kessel's fan. house. Yeah. Oh man. You know what? It's it's hilarious because I would live in that fucking house in a heartbeat if it was just like, hey, you want to have my house? I'd be like, yep, give me the keys. Oh, um, for sure, but, for sure. He honestly, all right. This is—I don't know. Like, it sounds like we have very differing opinions on this one. I would drop the Edmonton Oilers just below Toronto at ten. We do have differing opinions in this one because I personally—I don't know. The people of Edmonton have so little; they only have the Oilers. And this is true. I but they've Connor made it this McDavid far to, with nothing. I want and they'll Connor continue McDavid to, go to be the dude, them. though. Like, I really want him. I, I want people to see talent succeeding. I want people to see talent doing well and copy that. I don't want them to go, we need big boys on the team because it's 1975. Like, well, uh, all right. So I want that too. And that's kind of why I want the Oilers to continue losing. Because similarly to the Maple Leafs, it's hilarious on Twitter when the Oilers are ousted from the playoffs immediately. But also, I feel like we're really close. Closer than people think. To a point where McDavid says, fuck this. Trade me. Mm. I want him to play on a team that's not the Oilers. Oh, me like, too. I, me I too. would love to see him go to, like, fucking... Philadelphia. I mean, if you bring it up, <laughs> I would love to see Connor McDavid on the Flyers. It'll never happen. We know it'll never happen. But, like, if, you know... If he were to play just anywhere else, somewhere, I would like to see him play. Like, what if he went to, like, Buffalo? Oh, God. No, because Buffalo is cursed. Nothing is... Well, that is... Yeah, that's a cursed town. It's a cursed city. It's a cursed city with the Dave and Busters, and that's it. What if he went to Seattle? See, that would be cool. I would would enjoy that. Like, Seattle, Vancouver, even. Like... I don't know. Just get him the sh- the hell away. Oh, get him the shit out of Edmonton. <laughs> get him the hell out of Edmonton. And I don't know. Like, I don't know. Just I just want to see him put on a show. I just want, like, if I'm not watching the Flyers in the playoffs, I want a show. And yeah. nobody puts on a show better than Connor McDavid. I agree. Yeah. So, I don't know. <laughs> I, the I man puts a show on just without any personality. Give that man some salt. Yeah. Put him on a team with someone who's fun. So then, like, maybe it would, like, bring a little bit of personality out of McDavid. But I I just question if that's possible. I I just don't think he has one at all. No, he's a hockey robot. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. So then next up, I have the Nashville Predators here. 
And part of this is just because of uh, dear Eamon here, you know, a friend of the show, uh, former co-host uh, Eamon, you know, <laughs> the, the man loves the Nashville Predators as much as he loves our terrible Philadelphia Flyers. And I want to see Eamon happy. I like that fan base. I think it's the most unique fan base in the NHL. And it's, yeah. I just want to, I, w- I want to see them like explode. I was very upset when they didn't win against the Penguins a few years ago for two reasons, because I wanted to see them succeed and I wanted to see the Penguins lose, but I, they're not going to do it. Let's be honest. They're not going to do it. They are not equipped to do this, but I'm going to, you know, I'm rooting for them. Yeah. I would like to see Nashville win too. Like, um, I just, I don't know. They're, they're, I like UC Soros, even though it looks like he's pretty hurt right now. Who knows if he'll, I don't think he's going to play in the first round from what I've seen, but I don't know. Yeah. I love Nashville. Like the city's cool. This is going to sound so dumb, but I fucking love the Nashville Predators uniforms. <laughs> like, for I don't like I don't know why, but like a team's uniforms, if they're like it, when it comes to the playoffs, like if the Flyers aren't involved, I put a lot of stock into how much I like a team's uniforms. Yeah, it makes a difference. Like how much I want them to win. I I know like it sounds silly to some people, but like I'm kind of obsessed with with hockey jerseys and uniforms and everything. So yeah, uh, sweaters, if you will, and. No, it makes a difference. And I think the Predators, you know, along with having one of the most unique fan bases, have one of the most unique looks throughout the league. Like, they really they embrace do. that yeah. color and the Nashville attitude with the guitar strings and everything. And, like, yeah. it's yeah. a big thing. I also really like Roman Yossi, too. That would be cool to see him. Oh, yeah. is Who's winning? You think he's winning the Norris? I mean, I feel like it... <sighs> Two-horse race at this point. It's Yossi and Makar. Yeah, it's him and Makar. I feel like I would love to see Makar... Because I just fucking love Makar. He's unbelievable. And I like Yossi too, but yeah, I, I feel like it should go to Yossi. He had a crazy year. Yeah, he did have a crazy year. He was unbelievable. I mean, both of them are uh, just, they're probably the two best defensemen in the NHL right now. Oh, yeah. Let's, yeah. let's be honest there. So I do like him. And But we were talking about sweaters, and we are talking about things being aesthetically pleasing, and that brings us to my number four pick here, which is the Minnesota Wild, who I love the color scheme that just forest green is so pleasing to me. It makes me feel at ease in this world. So I like that, the color scheme too, but I hate that fucking stripe that goes across their uniform. Like, a lot. I don't know why they added that. It looks so odd to me yeah the stri- the stripe is weird but i do like the the like f- hunter forest green whatever you call it with the yeah the colors color. are beautiful yeah. yeah like the one that just has the cursive script that says minnesota wild i'm a huge fan of that jersey that one was awesome i'm bummed they don't wear that anymore yeah but um yeah i so i got a soft spot for minnesota because like if people are listening you might know i don't know if you know this or not but i used to be the site manager for hockey wilderness the oh, wow. wild destination site now our friend thomas williams is the site manager there and he's doing a kick-ass job he is well he has to because he doesn't have to watch the raptors struggle in the playoffs anymore. <laughs> yeah the raptors are done what's They're thomas done. gonna do now you know, my poor, god poor holmes is just gonna have to deal with this and not <laughs> has to watch the raptors in the play we've been talking a lot of trash in the bsh slack over the series and uh i'm very happy that i could come out on top of the trash talk yeah yeah, no, I, I didn't do too much of the trash. I haven't been in the Slack. I haven't been nearly as active in the Slack as I have been in past years just because I've been so busy with all the other things in life. Yeah, see, when I'm at the office, I I end up in the Slack a lot because when I'm in the physical office, I'm just like, ah, do I have to be social with people? I'm just going to be social with these virtual <laughs> Exactly, yeah, just stay on the computer. Yeah. But 
I, I really, really like the Wild. I'm about to buy a little Minnesota Wild hat, you know, rep, rep, rep my old team, uh, the old team I used to cover. I like it. I fucking love Kaprizov, dude. Kaprizov oh is so good. He's I love watching him. I love him. He's a fantastic hockey player. He's one of those guys that makes me, like, just so jealous he's not on my team. I know. He's he's just unreal. And, like, watching that power play and work with Kaprizov and Zuccarello, oh, my God. I love that power play so much. And I know it's, like, it's weird because I think they only – they didn't have a great, like, statistic – like throughout the year, I think they were only like 17. Yeah, 17 on the power play this year. That surprises me because they are so good. Like so when, when they're they on click, the man advantage. Click. Yeah, they are really good. And then Joel Erickson Eck has turned out to be really good. Um, I was concerned about him for a bit. I'd never thought he was going to reach his full potential, but he has. And he's turned out to be a really good player. Ryan Hartman rules. He's the fucking man. Should have like, kept. Should have kept. I just, there's so many players on the wild that I really, really like. And um, yeah, I, I would love to see them win it. That would be cool. And you know what? Like Minnesota fucking deserves it. Oh there's yeah. State you, of you want to talk about a great hockey fan base. A, a, a franchise that was robbed in the first place. That's probably why you don't like Dallas uh-huh. stars because they stole the Minnesota franchise and it's a crime that they thankfully rectified eventually, but it was a crime for a real long time. The fact that Minnesota didn't have a hockey team and Dallas did. Yeah, that was so weird. And I think that's one of the other reasons why I don't like the Stars very much. Like, because I know it should be the Minnesota North Stars. And yeah, that bothers me a lot. But they're just Minnesota fans. I know I dunk on the Vikings fans all the time because it's easy and fun. But like wild fans have been through so much bullshit and they have had to deal with literally from the start, from the very start that they came into, the second they came into the league, they have been mediocre or shitty they've never been truly good like i think there was one year where they made it to the western conference final but that was like really early on for the most part they've just been mediocre unfortunately for me the year i covered them they were like it was the year before kaprizov came along and made them fun (laughs) i saw how miserable the fans were and then kaprizov came along and he changed everything and i'm just really happy for the fans in minnesota so that would be cool as hell to see them win kaprizov is a special unique talent and just a joy to watch him play hockey the other thing about the wild that's interesting is that they made probably the most intriguing deadline move in bringing in mark andre flurry when cam talbot was already crushing it so they actually have probably two of the best goaltenders in the entire playoffs on their roster yeah, and then they had Capo Kakinen, who they traded to San Jose, and he was good too. I really liked him when I was watching uh, the Wild a lot. So I don't know, like they, I don't know what it is about the Wild. They just always have a good goalie. It feels like like they had Dubnik when he was really good for a while. Then he sucked, and then just like, oh, okay, well we'll just go get Cam Talbot, <laughs> and then Talbot comes in. He's great. Now they got Flurry. I don't know. It's they're really. For some reason, they just know how to find good goalies. Flurry is just, he's so good, and that really could be a difference maker for them in the playoffs because he's obviously got a ton of playoff experience. And yeah. as you know, the Vegas Golden Knights are ruining that trade. Oh, yeah. I don't, like, that changed that franchise. That, I don't think the Golden Knights understand just how fucking insane it was trading Flurry the way, especially the way they did, but trading him at all. 
Well, especially coming off of a Vesna trophy. Like, yeah, what, it, it made no sense. Idiotic for nothing. It made no sense. And I don't know what they're trying to do. I guess it's because, so living in Vegas a couple of years, I got to know the town and like, it's such a transient city. Like there aren't a lot of people move to Vegas. Not a lot of people are like, I mean, they're, they're there. Well, it's like Washington and L.A., because Washington and L.A. are two cities also where there's not a ton of people like, well, L.A., you could say there's a lot of people from L.A. Yeah. There's also a lot of transient people, whereas Washington, almost nobody's from Washington. No, everyone like commutes there and they work there. Like who the hell lives in Washington, D.C.? You know, Vegas is kind of the same way. Like there's a like they do have people who were born and raised in Vegas, but like so many people are transient. Well, that's why I was so shocked when I first heard that Bryce Harper was a Vegas guy. I've never heard yeah. of a guy being a Vegas guy. Yeah. No, it, like that isn't really a thing. Jimmy Kimmel is apparently like born and raised in Vegas. Like who would have thought? That makes a lot of sense to me. I didn't even know that. And I'm like, that makes perfect sense. I don't know. It's such a fair weather fan base there. And I almost wonder if the Knights are just like, we got to do we got to do crazy shit every offseason to keep the fans engaged. Because if we don't, we're going to lose the fans. But they traded their most popular player because Flurry was embraced from day one. Yeah, he was literally like the he was the face of the franchise from the very start. And he is the whole reason they made it to the play. They made it to the Stanley Cup final that first year. The whole team itself was great, but like he was fucking insanely good. That was the best year of his career. Yeah. Well, and that was a team that felt like they were playing above their head a lot. Like they really yeah, were yeah. In, in, like playing way better than anybody expected them to. It was a great job by, it was uh, George McPhee who assembled that team, right? Yeah, it was McPhee. Yeah. And then I think he handed the keys over to uh, whatever the fuck, Kelly McCrimmon. Right, um, right. But McPhee did year. such a good job assembling that team in the first place, but there weren't any stars on that team except for Flurry, And that's why they ended up being a really good team, but not a team that won the cup ultimately, because they yeah. really just had, they had a solid team, but only one star in Flurry. And what, I think there was a thing that Kelly retweeted the other day saying, like, if you're going to win the Stanley Cup, unfortunately, you got to have stars. You got to have like four or five, right. six stars. Yeah. Yeah, and like the only real star they had was Mark Andre Fleury. William Carlson had a crazy year that year, and so did Riley Smith. Marcia So, I think I would still consider him a star. I fucking love Marcia So. He's like one of the players that I would. He's like a really good non-flyer, but would be a great flyer. I, I feel like it was like Marcia So and Fleury, and they turned out to both be stars on that team. And Carlson and Riley Smith, they were both really good but they weren't quite stars even though the their statistics went kind of insane that year i will say shay theodore fucking rocks oh yeah I like he's Shea really yeah. good but it kind of sucked for that stanley cup final year because he was tethered to goddamn Derek england the whole time who's the oh worst God. hockey player he is so terrible and like there are still vegas fans who were just married to him they love Derek england because he spent like a few years playing for the Las Vegas Thunder or something in this really shitty, like no one's ever heard of hockey league at one point. <laughs> and like, I just fucking, I never liked Derek England one because he sucked. And two, he just, I don't know. He was he a just penguin, right? Come on. He was a penguin. Yeah. And he pissed me off a lot. So yeah. he can fuck off. He can um, fuck off. <laughs> so two and three, I, I struggled with here. Cause you know, one, I'm going Panthers all the way. Cause Claude Giroux, I want Claude yeah. Giroux to win so bad. I think, I haven't felt like this since Gagne 
was going to win a cup. Maybe Tiemannan. I was only reluctant on Tiemannan because it was Chicago, and, you know, we know how we feel about Chicago, but I was happy for Tiemannan. But I was yeah. pulling real hard for Gagne, so I'm pulling real hard for Claude. Two and three, I am conflicted on, because I really like both of these teams. I think they're probably equal in my book, to be honest. I just think they're fun teams to watch. Yeah. So that's the Flames and the Avalanche. Where do you yeah. come down on the Flames and the Avalanche, Ryan? So I'm going to put the Avalanche at two and the Flames at three. I'm cool with that. Um, actually, I might I might bring the Flames down to four just because I really do like Minnesota a lot. I'm um, fine with that too, to be totally honest with you, because I kind of, I like all these teams. I like two, yeah. three, four almost equally. Uh, what I like about the Flames, local boy Johnny Gaudreau, who, uh, you know, win his cup and then immediately come to Philadelphia, bring yeah. him home. Uh, it's written in the card. Yeah, Johnny Gaudreau is a lot of fun. That's just a blast of a team right there. Uh, but Colorado, I think, is just... Florida and Colorado are probably the two most fun teams to watch in the entire league. Yeah, like, Florida needs to win for Claude. And if it's not them, I would want it to be Colorado. Just because, like, I've always liked Colorado. My first hockey apparel ever was a Joe Sackick jersey back in, like, 2000. Love that. So, like, yeah, I... I don't know. I've always had a soft spot for Colorado. And I also really fucking love Nazem Kadri a lot. I just, I don't know. I, and I know people are having nightmares about like, oh, the Flyers are going to sign him in the offseason to like a way, like way too big contract. It's basically bound to happen at this point, And it's I don't want yeah. that to happen. But I do love Nazem Kadri a lot in his current role on his team currently, the Avalanche. So. He's yeah. been rocking it with the Avalanche this year. He's been great. Uh, McKinnon, obviously, is a unique talent. People make fun of his uh, smoothies and his health routine. But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the guy is a machine, right? And he's a machine for a reason. So whatever he's doing, keep it up. He's fantastic. Yeah. And we talked about him before. Let's bring him up again. And I know it's a sore spot for Flyers fans. But guess what? It is what it is. Kale McCarr. What? We talked about special talent with Kaprizov. Kale McCarr is already one of the best offensive defensemen I have ever seen in my life. He is just, what a stunning talent. You know, we've seen goals from him where he just skates in ways that I didn't know were possible. Yeah. He does this thing where like when he walks the blue line, like when he back skates across the blue line, he does it so, so much quicker and smoother than anyone I've ever seen. Anyone, anyone. And yeah, and it's just, I don't know how he does it. Like, there's only, the only dude I've seen who can skate quite like that is, and he's not even in the NHL yet. It's uh, this guy, uh, Stranges, for, he's a he's a prospect for the Stars, Antonio Stranges. This dude has been, and he's a defenseman, he has made, like, two or three highlight reel goals in the last, like, couple months for the London Knights in the OHL. And he's, he's been, Oh, excuse me. He's not even a defenseman. He's a, uh, he's a forward. Excuse me. It doesn't count. It doesn't count. <laughs> yeah. No, he's only like, he does. Cra he has amazing skating. No, the skating with Makar, And that's not even to say his shot, which is unbelievable in and of itself, but the skating is really the showstopper there to see how he attacks the offensive zone. It's some of the smoothest skating I've ever seen. I just love to watch the guy. I want to watch him as much in these playoffs as I can. And we haven't even talked about the fact that they also have Rantanen, who's a just a, a great talent himself. And, oh my God, there's also uh, Landeskog who's been there. I feel like Landeskog has been there like 25 years and it's only been yeah. a few years. I know, yeah. And he, is he even 30 yet? I don't know if he is. I don't think he is, but I'm going to Google it real quick. 
But they're, you know, the problem with the two biggest contenders this year, the Panthers and the Avalanche, is big question marks in goaltending. Yeah. So I would love to see them in the Stanley Cup final against each other because there might be a record for goals scored in a Stanley Cup final. That would be fun. That would be a lot of fun. I feel like that's what kind of the NHL needs a little bit, you know, just a crazy series where there's a ton of goals and perhaps a lot of fights. I don't know. That would be that'd be a lot of fun. It'd be amazing. Gabriel Landeskog is 29 years old for the record. Good God. Yeah. Yeah, because he came in like right when he was 18. Yeah. He's been around forever, but that's that, you know, what a team. And that's not even to say like they also have De- Devin Taves, who they got for nothing from the Islanders, which I still laugh about because it's always good when Lou can get one up for once. Yeah. 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 No. Um, yeah. Linus Cog's been around for a. Uh... It's been a while. Been a while. Been a while. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Let's. Uh, I got one more topic I'm going to bring up. I think I'm going to hold. We talked about doing one thing this week, Ryan, and I'm going to hold that off until next week. We're going to get the James's game this time, though. Yes, we've been holding this for a while. We've been holding this for two weeks. I think the thing I want to fine tune the thing, the other thing that we're going to do for next week. So I'm excited about that. That's going to be fun because I don't know what we're going to talk about besides playoff games next week anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, not really. I, honestly, I can't wait to talk about playoff games next week because that's like we're going to get to watch good hockey, which we haven't watched at all this season. No, so. no not at all. I'm really hoping – I don't know if that's going to be – I'm going to be able to do that, but the Apple TV ESPN like quad box where I can put four games on at once, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that for the playoffs, but if I oh. can, that's going to be killer. Oh, that's – yeah, just the thought of that. Oh, I've baby. been enjoying that all regular season. Just put on four games at once or like three games in like a basketball game. It's great. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's great. It's great. So this segment, James Minger brought this up a few weeks ago, the Hockey Panda on Twitter, if you don't already follow him. Great follow, great hockey mind right there. So James put in the Slack when I was searching for topics a couple weeks ago before I ended up having a whole dump truck fall into my lap of topics. Uh, He said, the Flyers clearly suck, but somehow other teams suck more, which actually is not even true anymore. But what other team's roster would you combine with the Flyers to make a competitive team? And he said it has to be cap compliant. I am not even sure how to make a Flyers team cap compliant at this point. Uh, yeah. This might be a two-part exercise. We might have to do the the cap compliant some other time. And I just kind of want to discuss about, like, who the dream scenario, if you just could pick, like, the best players from somebody and combine it with the Flyers roster. And this is more to say, like, what other teams do we kind of think are in good positions moving forward that have the talent necessary to, to make the leap. And I... I don't know if these teams are all below 500. They were when I got this together a couple weeks ago, but I'm going to look at all the teams that have winning percentages below 500 teams in a similar boat to the flyers that we would kind of want to smash them together and make a Steagles type team. And if you're not familiar with that back in world war two, the Eagles and the Steelers didn't have enough players to make a football team. So they became the Pennsylvania Steagles. 
it's the weirdest thing. Like, I feel like that's one of those little fun facts that they always, that like, I don't know. Who's the, who's the, not, not Al Michaels. Who's his, Chris Collinsworth, that they always bring up on like Sunday night football when either, either the Eagles or Steelers play. I feel like they're always just like, you know, back in World War II, they had, you know. <laughs> They always bring it up. You did, you did that like, in a very know. Doc Emmerich voice. You know, I know back yeah, in World like War II, <laughs> they called them the Steagles. <laughs> he would say it. He would. Yeah. I feel like he would always bring up that fact, too, if you were a football announcer. For sure. Absolutely. Every time. But he'd, he'd throw some very flowery language in there and just do it. Oh, yeah. Dock it up there, and it'd be great. But let's talk about this. So uh, who would you smash together? So the teams I've nominated for this exercise to smash together with the Flyers are the Detroit Red Wings, who they've got Dylan Larkin, they've got Tyler Bertuzzi, you know, well, no shot Bertuzzi. Uh, they've got Cider, who's fantastic. So they've got some real great players on that team. The Buffalo Sabres, uh, Tage Thompson, Jeff Skinner, who <laughs> had a nice bounce back after having an abysmal year last year. Uh, Darlene is very good there. The Senators, Brady Kachuk, Josh Norris, Tim Stutzla. Is that how it's pronounced, Stutzla? Stutzla, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was Stutzel, like you're going to eat a Stutzel or something like that. <laughs> yeah, for a long time I thought that too. Yeah, but now Stutzla, who's great, Batherson, who I like, uh, They the Senators actually have a solid little, you know, structure right there. Yeah. Inter- one of the interesting ones I, I saw here was the Devils, so <laughs> almost make a, a regional Jersey Philadelphia team. Uh, Jesper Bratt, Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer. Dawson Mercer, Dougie Hamilton, Damon Severson. I don't really care about Severson, but like Dougie is a a great talent in this league. And I think Bratt's had a great year. Although I think is Bratt a free agent this coming off season. I think he is. He might be. Let me see. Yeah. He might be in cap friendly right now, actually. And Hughes, I mean, Hughes really turned it on this year. I, I think people were, maybe mildly worried about him being a little bit of a bust because he came in with such high expectations, but he had yeah, a really solid season. He can ball. He's really good. He sure. Uh, yes, for Brad is going to be an RFA. RFA uh, arbitration okay. eligible. Yeah, well, we know the NHL doesn't do anything interesting with RFAs, so I'm not... Yeah. Gonna, he's, he's a devil as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, no, he's not going anywhere. So of the rosters we've read so far, I mean, we got a few more to go, but I, I, I'm actually very intrigued by combining the Flyers and Devils roster. They're not quite ready for primetime players, but I think between the two rosters, you could have a very interesting hockey team. Yeah. Let's see. So who who else do we have here? Um, I mean, the, the Devils, there's something about the Devils that I'm just still not inspired about. I like Jack Hughes a lot, but like Nico Heischer is like, meh. He's Dawson very Mercer. meh, yeah. Yeah, Dawson Mercer, like, he could be something, but I don't know yet. Dougie Hamilton, he didn't have the best year this year. He really didn't, and maybe Carolina made the right decision there not bringing him back, because, like, he's only going to get older from here. Yeah, and listen, all he wants to do is go to museums. I mean, he he needs to focus on the fucking puck, not museums and art. Why didn't he come here where he could have done both? You don't have really that many museums in Newark. I mean, New York City's right there, but... Philadelphia's got some amazing museums. Can you imagine Dougie Hamilton hanging out at the Butter Museum? Come on. Him taking a picture next to the Rocky statue? He'd just, like, every day, you would just drive by the Rocky statue, and you'd see him there staring at it admirably. Oh, no, he's going to be too distracted by all the works of art inside the actual museum behind the Rocky statue. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Yeah, That's a great point. No, but, like, you know, he should have come here, but uh, because he didn't, he sucks. 
Next up, I don't <laughs> like this one at all. The Montreal Canadiens. Want no part. No, of yeah, I have no. I would love to not have Jeff Petrie. Petrie, you know, Josh Anderson, cool. But Shit contract. I, I like Nick Suzuki and I like Cole Caulfield, but yeah, I, no, thank you. I actually, the most intriguing team I think I found on this entire yeah. list is the Anaheim Ducks, the the mighty Ducks of Anaheim, if you will. And they have a lot of intriguing talent. They have one of my favorite current players, which is Trevor Zegras, who is just so I much fun. Him. God, he's like everything, the way he plays, like his personality. He's just, he's exactly what the NHL needs. He's exactly what the NHL needs. That's a perfect way to put that. I like Cam Fowler. Uh, Henrik's very mess a player. Shattenkirk's had a nice revival, but he's pretty old at this point. Uh, Gibson is a guy who is such a great goaltender that has just had a shit career, which is yeah. so weird. And he's uh, getting and the this, Ryan Miller treatment. He really is getting the Ryan Miller treatment. That's a perfect comparison there. And then Anthony Stolarz had a nice bounce back. And let's not talk. Let's not forget about our friend Gerald Mayhew, Mister Mayhew <laughs> himself, all-time flyer. All-time flyer, easily right there. And then uh, I didn't even mention Troy Terry, who's having a, a really stellar year for Yeah, me. he's been awesome. Stolar is the goal ours. That would be nice to have him back. Dude, he's turned I, – I remember a few years ago, like, I was like, you know what? Why don't the Flyers just trade Michael Neuvert? Because he was in the middle of, like, a really good season. I was like, trade Michael Neuvert. Let Anthony Stolarz be the backup. He was like having a really good, you know, he came up a little while and he was like playing pretty well because someone was hurt. I was like, dude, trade Neuvert. Like, I think he was going to be a UFA or something. Like, trade him, keep Stolarz. They didn't. <laughs> the Neuvert sucked. And he yeah. was even, he just started getting all these phantom injuries and just faded into the, into the abyss. And now Stolarz has turned out to be like a pretty good backup goalie for the, uh, for the Ducks. So, yeah, I, kind of wish the Flyers just kept Stolarz around. Oh, for sure. I, I actually am very happy because I didn't even think he was going to be in the NHL at this point. So for him yeah. to come back from the injuries he had endured earlier in his career and have such a solid backup career is really something else. I, I'm very happy for him. But I think the Ducks, out of all the teams I've mentioned so far, they're probably the most intriguing one to to mash together a team. I think how we should do this is we should select a team this week and then next week we do all the math and all the crazy cap compliance to make it work. Yeah. That would be fun. Yeah, because I'm not good with math, but I can work the cap-friendly roster to try to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then the the other options we have here, the San Jose Sharks, they've got Timo Meyer, Thomas, Tomas Hurdle, Logan Couture, Brent Burns, Eric Carlson. Note the two two of the players I named are very old defensemen. So Extremely old. <laughs> yeah. That team's a mess. That team's as much of a mess as the Flyers, if not more so. Yeah. Although they've been better this year than I was expecting them to be. Like, oh, yeah, it helped sure. that Carlson got, like back on track but yeah i'm still not uh still not sold on the sharks there, no, there are going to be some rough days ahead oh for sure for sure and that's a team i just would not want any part of my my combined like uh the flying ducks as i would call the the flyers <laughs> as opposed to the sitting ducks right yeah yes as opposed to or the running ducks <laughs> now the next team up is uh the chicago hockey squad right there the chicago hawks i'm gonna call them because the hawks. Be using why don't they just change the name of the hawks it's right there or you could just still be black hawks and just have a black hawk as your logo instead of a native american head anyway i digress it's just stupid. <laughs> it's just stupid it's an easy change like every other t like cleveland's like we got to be the guardians now and washington's like we got to be the That's commanders the yeah stupid names chicago 
you, you could just be the Hawks. You could literally have a black hawk as your logo to be badass. At some point, they're going to, I feel like they're going to get to that. They have to. You know, they're going to have to make a change at some point. Well, it's just a matter of when. When they're just like, it's right there, guys. Come on. Like, yeah. it's so easy. But anyway, they've got Patrick Kane, who, uh, despite my moral uh, qualms about Patrick Kane, objectively speaking about him as a hockey player, he's still got it. He's still fantastic as a hockey player. Uh, yeah. Alex DeBrincat, who is awesome too. I really love him. Seth Jones, who uh, there are differing opinions on Seth Jones' hockey skill set. Yeah, I so I used to really like Seth Jones a lot, and now he's uh, not looking so good for Chicago. Like I know he's still he's still he's not like useless, but I don't know. He's he's just not even close to worth that money. It's a terrible contract. It. It, it's just an a abysmal contract that signed for what eight more years yeah it's it's has it even kicked in uh i don't think it has actually (laughs) oh no so fucked that's really bad i'm gonna look it up right now it's i I just remember laughing about it at the bsh draft party last year uh let's see yeah it kicks in next year 22 23 starts making he's making 5.4 mil this season and then 22 23 he makes 9.5 mil uh, until the end of time. Uh, 2030 <laughs> is when his contract ends. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's awful. It's <laughs> I really didn't realize bad. it was that long. Jesus. It, it's real bad, let me tell you. Next up, the Seattle Kraken, who I want no part of combining the, the flying Kraken should not happen with Dave Hackstall as the clear head coach there. It's just in a, a, an abysmal atrocity of a hockey team that will make poor Emily from the blog just uh, very upset having to watch the combined efforts of the Kraken and the Flyers. <laughs> yeah. The only guy I like from good. this roster really is like Jared McCann. I like Jared McCann a lot, but like he's he's a supplemental top six forward at best. I will say I love Yanni Gord. Yeah, good too. That was a good. He pick. would be a good flyer because he's also really scrappy. He's kind of like a Travis Konechny type player. I don't know. I've always been a big Yanni Gord fan. I like Eberly, but yeah. like, like I like him. I don't like him enough to you know do a switch like this. You know, Alex Wenberg. He's like a good, nice little player. Vince Dunn is good. I feel like he has some untapped potential, but like, yeah, no, it just doesn't do it for me. And then we got the Arizona Coyotes, which I can tell you in advance I want no part of. Yeah. <laughs> Although Keller. we would get back Ghost. <laughs> get back Ghost just to bench him again. Like he's having. This would be the future considerations of the trade. I'm so happy for Ghost that he got to go somewhere where they'll just let him play goddamn hockey. Like just do his thing. Like, yeah, yeah, you know what? The defense sucks. But you know what? He's just having a fun time out there. He's scoring a ton of points. That's all I want. And they've got like should have been a flyer Lawson Kraus, Nick Schmaltz. Clayton Keller's good. I want no part of that team for my combined Franken team. No, Lawson Kress. I just don't like him. <laughs> He's just got a name that you just like. Your name like, bugs me. And I remember a lot of Flyers fans were like, "Let's get Lawson Kress." That He's big. Like, keep him the fuck away from this team, dude. I was, I was so worried they were going to take him. We were all worried about that. Yeah. Oh my god! All right, so just in review. Looking it over, I think, you know, the Red Wings are kind of interesting. I think Stevie Y is doing a good job rebuilding that team. And Dylan Larkin is a very, very good player. Uh, most cider has been awesome. So they're interesting to me. The Devils are mildly interesting, but not totally. The Senators, again, same situation. I want no part of the Sabres, the Canadians. 
I think it's got to be the Ducks. So I'm like, it's a tie for me right now. So it's a tie between the Ducks, who I love because obviously you got Zegras and you got Troy Terry and uh, Gibby. But I feel like the Red Wings is right there too. Because so here's why. So not only do you get Dylan Larkin, who's awesome, you get Tyler Bertuzzi, who I know he's an idiot, but like he's very good. You get oh Jacob yeah, Verana he's a fantastic too. hockey player. He, he's an Jacob idiot. Jacob is like, very good. Oh yeah, I forgot about Verana. I was gonna say, is there anybody I'm missing? Because I just kind of took like the top scorers from each team or guys I recognized. There are a few guys. So Pia Suter, he's young. Yes, um, he's very Pia good. Suter, he's young, but like he and he's not amazing, but he's like solid. Lucas fucking Raymond, like he's in the he's not going to win the Calder, but like he's he's in the conversation at least. Yeah, Lucas uh, I, Raymond. I have to you know forgive me on this front because like I, I don't really, <laughs> I I try to watch non Flyers teams a lot, but if I don't see them on my fantasy hockey team a lot of the time, I yeah no don't I understand that much. Yeah, which uh, now Lucas congratulations to Maddie Campbell for yet again being the only team in the BSH league that can beat me. Maddie's the only yeah. one who can do it, and she has yet again triumphed over me, so congratulations to Maddie. Hell yeah, Maddie. But yeah, then you got like Philip Zadina, who's still just 22 years old. And I think what the number one thing for me is if it was a Frankenstein team between the Flyers and the Red Wings, not only would we get more at Cedar or Cider, who's... I don't know which one. <laughs> I think it's Cider. He's going to win the Calder. He's 21 years old. He's fucking crazy good. And they call him Mo, which is just cool. Yeah, Mo Cider. Like, give me some Mo Cider at, <laughs> at the pumpkin patch. Um, at the pumpkin patch. You're having yeah. a very, very casual Saturday fall afternoon. Yeah. Uh, so Mo Cider, I love him so much. And then we cannot forget about, uh, oh God, what's his, Simon Edmondson. So... He was drafted, when was he drafted? He was drafted in the first round, uh, sixth overall. I believe it was last year. And he he just signed his ELC. I'm telling you right now, like him and Cider together, that's going to be special. It's going to be, I'm excited. He's 6'4", 200 pounds, and he's going to bulk up a little more. The big boy. He's and he can puck. He can move that puck, and he's boy, oh boy. They they got something good going in Detroit right now, and it's Steve kind of annoying Warren, because like they were they made the playoffs for what twenty five straight years, and they went a few years without making it. Now they're going right back to being really fucking good again. Steve Eiserman is on another level GM wise. Like he, he built yeah. that entire Lightning team. You might as well just give him all the Stanley Cups that they're winning right now because he built that team. He's the guy who yeah. did it. And he's just a magician, man. He knows what he's doing in a way that no he's he's playing chess while everybody else is playing checkers. Stevie Wise on top <laughs> yeah. of it. So uh, what okay, here's what we're going to do for next week. We're individually going to go and we're going to build our rosters. You're going to build a Red Wings Flyers roster, and I'm going to build a Ducks Flyers roster, and we're going to put them up against each other and uh, compare and contrast next week. Wonderful. I'm down for that. What's your combined Red Wings Flyers team being called? Uh, fuck. Um, like you go the easy route and just call them the Orange Wings. <laughs> I could do that. Uh, 
the Phil the Phil Troit orange wings is not roll off the tongue, I would say, but <laughs> you know. God, I don't know. I hadn't thought about that. I think it would be like the fl- this is so lame. The flying wings. That's the, the stupidest flying wings name. or the red flyers. You know, could be that. The red- God, Man, honestly, the orange wings would probably be like it doesn't roll off the tongue, but that would be the most the logical. Detro- the Detroit Adelphia orange wings. <laughs> Detroit Adelphia orange wings. Whereas yeah. I have the 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 Anadelphia flying ducks. Anadelphia. The flying ducks is great. That's a really good name. It's great. And, you know, somebody somebody should just come up with mock logos for both of these teams for us. Yeah. I want to combine logo, which I actually think you can very easily combine the Red Wings and the Flyers logos into one. Like, I can see it in my head without even getting a mock-up. Whereas the Ducks, you're going to have to be creative because the Ducks' current logo is horseshit. Yeah. I, like, I'm, it's kind of weird. Like, I don't hate their uniforms as much as other people do, but, like... It's so easy for them to just go back to being the Muddy Ducks. I don't know why they're just not doing they that. They resist. Just, no. I don't understand. Like, why don't you just go back to at least the color scheme of the Muddy yeah. Ducks and, like, not necessarily have the, the Disney 5 logo and everything, right? But, like, come up with a new logo because the web foot sucks. And yeah. the eggplant was such a unique color. I love that, like, 90s eggplant. It's so good. That old Ducks logo is the best. There's still no purple team in the NHL, which is just blasphemy. So that needs right. to be right. Like, because the Kings have fully pivoted to being a, a black and silver team, which I yeah. think is fine. I actually, I've always preferred their black and silver look over their like purple and yellow because that I crown agree. just was just like, I don't know. It's kind of an ugly logo, that crown. I never liked it. If they yeah. did and the it, purple it, with like a better logo, I could probably get behind it, but they just never did it right. It reminds me too much of the Lakers. Yes. So, like, I don't know. Like, I would like the Kings to be their own thing. Right. Which, I mean, is actually reminiscent of the Oakland Raiders or the L.A. Raiders from the from the 80s and 90s. But, yeah. you know, whatever, dude. I, I actually prefer that color scheme. And I think those early 2000s. Like, some people think they're boring. I actually think they're the perfect look for the Kings. But, you know, I, I think there should be a purple team. And I think it should be the Ducks. I think they should go to the eggplant and embrace that. Yeah, they need to give the people what they want and do right by the fans and bring back the old uh, the old eggplant purple and the teal. God, what a 90s scheme. That's such a good color it's from so like, 90s. the 90s. Embrace it. Embrace it, guys. Like the Sharks, the best thing the Sharks have done is embrace teal throughout their history. They have, yeah. Like they'll, they'll combine it with black, right? But they embrace teal throughout. And like the Ducks need to do that. And like, listen, guys, you keep trying orange, right? But you're a clear number three in the orange rankings after the Flyers and Oilers, right? Yeah. Actually, you could even put, like, the Islanders up there for their use of orange. So the Ducks are probably number four. Yeah. Well, it's a, so this is actually kind of cool. So the Oilers are actually kind of getting rid of their current uniforms. They're going back to the Gretzky uniforms next season. That's what they should always be is the Gretzky I don't know uniforms. why. Yeah. I don't know why they got rid of those. Like – those like all mainly orange ones are so ugly and that They're like terrible. dark blue. Yeah. Just stick with the royal blue and the orange. Like it works so great. And the I feel like the Flyers reason they changed the it. Only team who can do primary orange. Yeah. No, there's no one else who can do it. I don't know what the Oilers are thinking, but they're they're making the right move by going back to the uh the royal blue and orange. Yeah. They need the Oilers when they do that just like orange yoke on the shoulder, that's when it works for them. 
when yes. they try to do primary and the same thing happens with the ducks. When the ducks try to do primary orange, it sucks. It's not good. So just eggplant buddies. Come on. I already got my Paul Korea Jersey. I there got you go. It. That's a, that's like, a classic right there. It's, yeah. It's right in my closet. I'll be breaking it out for games. <laughs> love it. Absolutely love it. All right. So next week we have uh, the thing we had to plant. We're not going to tell you anything about it. Cause we want to just, you know, we're going to surprise each other with that one too, because we're coming yeah. out with individual things. So that's going to be fun. And then it, let's just say it's a, a proper goodbye to our very shitty flyers team this season. And then we're going to compare and contrast our rebuild back better teams as I'm calling them. Yes. I'm looking forward to that. And I'm really looking forward to tonight's final game of the season. Rest in piss. <laughs> flyers. Get the fuck out of my life. Absolutely. Like they played one of the most apathetic hockey games I've ever seen in my life earlier this week against the Winnipeg jets. And then this game against the senators <laughs> might be worse. This way. Is it, wait, is it against the senators or the devils tonight? I believe it's the senators. That's right. Yes, it is the senators. Oh my God. Tonight is going to be so, it's going to be so terrible. Oh the my God. Attend- I, well, let's see real quick. What do you think the, the prices on seat geek are for this game? I'm oh, going to say, God. are you going to say over under $15? Oh, I'm definitely saying over because it's the flyers. Oh, I'm going under. Are you really? Guess what? It's exactly $15 for the low. Wow. Nope. nope. I went, I clicked on it. There was one going for $14. So I win. Technically you win. Technically, I win. Uh, you can get a $14 seat for Section 221A, Row 11. All right. So this is this is a big night for the Flyers here. So we we must lose. And if we don't lose, which I think we will, because I feel like the Senators are just better than us, because at least they have a good player in um, Brady Kachuk. If we win tonight, we need the Devils to beat Detroit, which is possible but I also don't trust them. Yeah, I don't trust them at all. Because the Flyers need to get that fourth pick. I don't want the fucking fifth pick. I want that fourth pick. Well, uh, I, I want mean, the give first me number pick, one, but... right? But <laughs> yeah, That's... I want number one. That all has to do with them. lottery balls. And, like, get uh, Kornacki out here to give us the odds again. And <laughs> Yeah, that was helpful. It was very helpful, yes. But lose, baby, lose. It's time for the tank train. Hopefully... When you listen to this, you might be listening this Saturday. It depends on if I have time to edit this afternoon. But when you're listening to this, hopefully we're talking about as another loss for the Flyers without any points. And we could just move on with our summers. Tank, baby, tank. Tank, baby, tank. Tank, baby, tank. Folks, if you have any feedback for us, the best place is on twitter.com.org.edu.ca.musk. Ugh. Anyway, I'm not <laughs> looking forward to this regime at all, but hopefully it falls through. If you have any feedback for us, though, Twitter is still, unfortunately, the best place you can reach us. Ryan, where can people find you on Twitter? Hey, you can find me on Twitter at Ryan Quiggs. Fantastic. You can find me at Flyperbole or at Estebomb, but if it's for hockey purposes, make it Flyperbole. Follow Broad Street Hockey, follow BSH Radio. Broad Street Hockey is on a number of social media like TikTok and Instagram, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, find us on that stuff. It's all fun. Until next time, folks, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Support for Pivot comes from Polestar. At Polestar, every inch of every vehicle they design is thoughtfully made. 
They're made to transform auto performance, accelerating from 0 to 60 in less than 4.2 seconds with fully electric all-wheel drive. They're made to elevate the driving experience with LED headlights and a panoramic glass roof. And they're made to uphold a greater responsibility to the planet using sustainable materials and energy-saving systems. The result is a car that combines the best of today with the technology of tomorrow. Pure performance, pure design, Polestar. Design yours and book a test drive today at polestar.com.